0: Hello and welcome to the Relational Parents Podcast, where we get off autopilot and give thoughtful attention to how we interact with our children and relate to ourselves, so that you can show up in your family as the best version of yourself with a lot more joy and ease. I'm your host, Teresa Puckett, and I'm thrilled you've joined us today. Hi, welcome to T's Take on the Tools. Today, I'm very excited to talk to you about energy. We're talking about energy because our kids are expert at reading energy. That's just the way they come out. They don't have to work at it. They really feel our energy, and they get it. We don't have to say anything. So that's good news and bad news. It's great news if we understand it and we can consciously work on our energy and and make sure it's the energy that we want to be sending out. So I have three tools that I'm going to share with you about how we can positively affect our energy. But before we dive in, what I'd like to do is invite you to take just two deep belly breaths with me today to connect just a little bit more with our hearts. We spend so much time in our heads and I have it on very, very good scientific authority that the vibrational frequency that emanates from our heart is thousands of times stronger than the frequency that comes from our heads. And we, I think we all, Really, at uh, rock bottom, we know this and our beings, we know this, but we get very caught up. So just bring it down with me for a few seconds and breathe deeply into your belly and you can exhale through your nose or through your mouth, whatever feels great. Okay, perfect. So maybe you notice just a tiny, the tiniest of shifts, and that's fine can be really, really small, still meaningful. So the first tool that I am going to share with you and expand upon today. And these are all tools within positive discipline, right, the, um, the large body of work that is spearheaded by Jane Nelson. She had a few other people contributing, of course. There are like 13 or more books on positive discipline, but Jane is the one who is the constant throughout, and she's the one who wrote the very first book on positive discipline. So I have a deck of positive discipline tool cards, and I've done a lot of work with positive discipline. I'm a positive discipline. A certified parent educator, and I'm going to be doing um, just a series of these walking you through the tools and taking you through them and giving you my take. So the first one about energy is tone of voice. And I'll never forget, I think I've, uh, I've spoken before about my fourth grade teacher, Sister May. She was fantastic. She illustrated for me in a way I will never forget as a 10 year old, how important tone of voice is. She said, you know, how many of you have dogs? And a whole bunch of us raised our hands. And she said, okay, now I want you to just close your eyes for a second, now pretend that you're, you're the dog and I'm, I'm the kid, I'm your, I'm your master, okay? And okay, now open your eyes. And then she said to us, you're such a nice dog and we were stunned and she said now listen my my words what were my words you're such a nice dog but did you feel that did you feel like a nice dog and we're like no we're so sensitive to energy and the younger that your children are the more sensitive that they are to your energy so, what I want to say is take heart. <laughs> one really big plus, one great positive side of this is that your words actually don't matter as much as you might think that they do, especially when they're younger. I have parents all the time saying to me, What can I tell them? What should I say? I don't know the right words. And, you know, truth be told, even for adults, Right. There have been studies, lots of studies that have been done that say 93% or something over 90% of all communication is nonverbal, especially when we're in person with someone. Okay. It's nonverbal. You have the, the, the facial features, you have the gestures, you have all the rest of the body language. You have the tone of voice, the inflection, all of that. None of that is verbal, and that adds up to over 90%. So, even adult to adult, okay, over 90% of communication is nonverbal anyway. Now, you add the fact that you're talking to a child who is much more sensitive to energy and to tone of voice than another adult would be, and their language skills, especially if they're, you know, much younger are not nearly as developed as yours anyway. That's why, you know, they have this higher ability with regard to energy. That means your energy is super, super important. And you know, we all have triggers. We all get caught up in the the struggles, the variety of struggles with our children. Um, throughout the day, especially when they're younger and we're spending even more time with them when we are the primary person that they're with. So let's give ourselves a little grace. (laughs) And I'm putting this out there and into your awareness, not to make you feel guilty. And I'll say a few words about guilt um, a little bit later on. Not to make you feel guilty. But to bring this into your awareness about how important it is and for a certain period of time, there's going to be a certain time where you are going to remember after the fact, after you've already lost it with your kid. After your tone was disparaging, after you yelled, after that is okay because now you are aware and there are steps that you can take to make progress so you can even let your child know that you're working on it one of the parents in my classes developed a great practice she really doesn't like the way she sounds when she yells this whole tone of voice right And so she's had conversations with her children about it. So when she notices that she's starting to yell or that she's even been yelling, right, for a little while, whenever she catches herself, she'll ask her kids, she'll just, she'll back off from it and she will ask her kids for a do-over. How brilliant is that, a do-over, right? So if you can stay in positivity or in compassion or in a neutral energy, then that's fantastic. You can stay in conversation in the moment with your children. However, if that is very, very difficult, then I have another tool for you. If you've kind of gone beyond the point of where you can even be neutral. The second tool is called control your behavior. Okay. And so let's just look at this, control your behavior. Well, if you've lost it, you you, maybe can't control your behavior. You're beyond the point of controlling your behavior. And so what I want to say about that is that, you know, it's very interesting that, you know, we'll be struggling with our kid and me too. And we realize we're losing it And yet we want them to control their behavior and modify it to something that we would be better with, that we would be more okay with, but we can't control our own in these moments. So that's okay. Let's just recognize it for what it is. (laughs) And there's something that we can do. We can take a a quote time out. We can put a little bit of time and, and maybe even space if we can Between where we are when we're losing it and our next attempt to interact with our child. Now, if we can Take a little bit of time and space. Then I'm going to ask you, what is your chill out space or whatever, whatever uh, name you want to give it your time out space, your chill out space. And I would suggest that's a great idea for you to create a space and to model using it with your child. You can even narrate it for your child saying like, you know what, I'm getting very upset and I'm going to go spend five minutes in my Zen space or or whatever the name of it is for you. Now, one mom I know, um, she has very, very limited square footage in her house. And so what she does, she uses a certain corner of her bed and she'll put a small pillow in her lap, a certain pillow in her lap, and she'll hold on to a special crystal. I don't remember if it's a crystal or a special rock that one of her children gave her, but she has these, um, these things that she uses, a certain space, certain pillow, certain small rock or crystal that she can hold in her hand. I have another dad who has told me that what he does is he's designated, there's a little, like just one of the corners in his bedroom. And he he just has designated that corner as the spot that he goes to. And he will light a little votive candle there. He has, you know, a pie. he has a little book of matches and his little votive candles. So he'll grab those, light those, light that. And then he'll breathe deeply like we did in the beginning here, just for about a minute, maybe a minute and a half if he can. And that's about 10 breaths is a minute, 10 slow, deep breaths. A minute or a minute and a half. Like Almost all of us can do this. And even if you can't leave the scene where you are with your child, so to speak, leave the scene. Even Like if you're in the grocery store, or if there's just so much going on in your house, and maybe your child is very young, you just literally cannot leave them, and they're very wide awake. You can take those belly breaths for 30 to 60 seconds. Five to 10 of those will absolutely work wonders. Look, I promise you, you have to breathe anyway, right? You do. (laughs) So these are the kinds of things that we can do. You You need to breathe anyway. You might as well make it work for you. We do these things for the sake of our children, and they're very encouraging for ourselves as well. And one amazing thing that we are doing when we are doing taking these practices to control our behavior and to, to help change it for the next moment, we are modeling some excellent practices for our children. And once We've started doing that and modeling. It's a lot easier for us to implement tool number three that I'm going to talk to you. The last tool I'm going to talk to you about right now, Positive Time Out is the name of the tool. Now, if that phrase works for you to use with your child, then great. Um, My own personal take is that Time out has been used in such a different way, like, you go to time out. It's been used in a punitive way. And most of our children, many of our children, I will say, have heard it used in that way. So I would not use that word, even though that's that's the name of the, the Positive Discipline tool card. Uh, and, and Jane will even say, like, let your child call it whatever they want, like, you know, Joey's cool out space or like my one son had um, in his closet. There's just like this. He has a a whole closet like ceiling to floor and then in half of it. um, There's like this built in shelf. I don't don't know why, but he used to call it his spaceship. And so he would go, go sit in his spaceship. Let them call it whatever they want. And especially after you've created a routine and a spot for yourself. You can then open up the possibility for your child to have that space of their own and you can let them decide what that looks like. Let them decide what they want in it, maybe a special stuffed animal, maybe depending on their age, maybe a few books, maybe blankets, maybe it's like a fort, I don't know. Um, But let them decide what it looks like, what they want in it, and also what they want to call it. One of my sons actually—he went through a phase where he really liked to have um, essential oils diffused. So, you know, I, I had a little diffuser that I wasn't using anymore, and I would do that. And you know, diffusing a little bit of lavender for five minutes worked wonders. So, there's lots of different things. To, you know, watch for what helps them. Be attentive. Be observant. And. Um, and help them create that space. Now, when they are having a challenging moment with you, and you're having a challenging moment with them, you can invite them. It's better not to tell them, it's better to invite them. Like, I'm going to go to my Zen space. Would it help you to go to your spaceship? Or whatever the name is. And look, everybody does better when they feel better. One of my favorite quotes from Jane Nelson, it's like her famous question, where did we ever get the idea that in order for children to do better, first we have to make them feel worse answer is, you know, of course, like it's it's meant to be a rhetorical question, because it's it's kind of hilarious. If you think about it, it doesn't make any sense at all. But the ironic part to me is that we do know where we got it from. It was it's been sort of passed down. um, Because that's what the world has known is hierarchy and punishment and and making people pay um, for their crimes and and everything else. So um, so that's where it comes from, but that's not going to be helpful if we want to give our, our children the, um, the environment where they can grow to be resilient and compassionate and resourceful. Um, making them pay and making them feel worse does not get to that outcome. So I'm not going to go too much into guilt feelings right now, but I do want to just wrap up by Um, By putting a note in here, and it's like a little post-it note, right? I will come back to this. I'll talk more about those sneaky little guilt feelings that come up. But what I want to say now is that those guilt feelings that a lot of us have, they are our enemy. They actually keep us stuck and they keep our pattern repeating. What we feel guilty about, if we have guilt feelings, those guilt feelings are keeping the pattern going, and if we want to break out of that pattern, then um, our, our guilt feelings are not helping. So that's uh, that's all I will say there, but I look forward to being on this journey, um, taking you through some more positive discipline tools. So until next time, bye for now. Would you like to interact with other like-minded parents? Maybe ask them or me a question about your child? If so, join the growing community of relational parents at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash relational parents.